This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you and God may all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy for you rule the peoples with iniquity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you. God may all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. As always, we pray the Lord might bless the reading of his word. Blessing. I've titled this Blessing In, Blessing Out. I'll be honest with you, though, I did title it, Let It Flow. I can tell that you're all half asleep this morning. Summer's arrived, hasn't it? Hey, kids are off school, most of them. There are a few that aren't. I've got to go for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. <laughs> but they're out, so it doesn't matter now that we can say it. Some of us will still be at work. I know, it's terrible. I remember now why I used to teach. Lots of holidays, isn't there? Incredible, them were the days. But uh, Psalm 67 is all about blessing. Um, and we can sometimes I find it odd. You, you may be different, but I find it odd sometimes. Um, or even, I guess, a little presumptuous when we hear somebody else, another Christian perhaps, praying and asking for blessing. And we can find ourselves, our ears sort of pricking up and going, that's a bit brave, a little bit presumptuous, a little bit overconfident. And it's language that could, I guess, be found confusing, um, perhaps even at the very least just a little bit intriguing. Yet here in Psalm 67 this morning, we see the psalmist echoing the priestly benediction. That's the longest word I'll use today, all right, I promise. <laughs> that, that's, as, that's as bad as it gets. But uh, back in the Old Testament, uh, further back than we are now in Numbers, you get to see how the priests used to pray and how they would ask the Lord for his face to shine upon them there in verse 1. He says, may, the God be gracious, uh, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. It was the high priestly prayer, if you like, and we see, um, we see that in Numbers. But um, I guess really, if we just start to break this down, we're, or the priest or the psalmist here is asking God to, to bless, asking God to bless us. And the priest prayed this, I guess, well, maybe it was just for them, you know, because they're so close to God and that. You're listening now. That the priest, they would pray this because they're so close to God, maybe it was just for them, you know? We're allowed to pray to ask God to bless us because we're priests and that. They probably didn't use and that at the end of it. Yet, just have a turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, Peter, fantastic couple of, uh, First and Second Peter, a fantastic couple of books. 
Um, and here, he tells us something that, well, we've got to take note of. Um, I was going to read just verse 9, but let, let me just go from verse 4. It says, as you come to him, the living stone, this is Christ, Jesus, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, you and me, as children of God, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Sound difficult? We're being built into a house, you and me, as Christians, we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, we are being made into this beautiful house called the um, church. I know. And you, lovely people, here this morning, we are part of that, being built into a spiritual house to be a, oh, hang on, a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. This is Jesus run about again. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. Amen to that, yeah? But to those who do not believe, it's the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. In other words, you have heard the truth, but you have chosen not to accept it. Okay? And verse 9, this is the one. And if you're an underliner or a highlighter or both. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praise of him who, is called out of, who has called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Now, Peter is not just talking about the Jews. He's not just talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about all of us. What's a Gentile? Somebody who isn't a Jew. That's as simple as that gets. So Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter who you are, if we put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ because of the work of the cross, then that means that I am, you are, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. That sounds incredible, doesn't it? You didn't know that. Maybe you did. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood able then, this morning, to come straight to God our Father as Jesus Christ has opened a way where previously there was no way. We have had a way opened for us. I can't get to God because I am a sinner. Don't look at me and judge. You're exactly the same. Bible says, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of his glory. So therefore, I, it was impossible for me to get to God. But because of Jesus on the cross, he has made a way where there was no way. And the Bible tells us that at that moment, as the Lord gave up his spirit, that the temple curtain, the curtain that was about the span of my hand wide, that tore in two from top to bottom. Coincidence? I don't think so. What that meant was that the way that only the priest could go into the Holy of Holies, only the priest could go in to see God, and only the priest would go in with a rope round his leg and bells on the end of what he was wearing, because if he dropped dead in there, you couldn't go in and fetch him, because you too would drop dead. Only the priest could go in there, and only once a year. So if he dropped dead, 
the bell stopped ringing, you drag him out. But Jesus has torn that temple curtain in two. God has rent the temple, uh, the curtain in two. That means that me, little old me, sinner, remember, and you the same, means that I can go before this holy and perfect God, where previously it was impossible. Now God has made a way for me to go right there. And Peter says to me, he says, you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. You are his. As we put our faith and our trust in him, we are his sons and daughters of the most high God. That's not bad, is it? If you were making a CV up, that'd be top of it, right? Achievements, zero. Accomplishments, zero. Anything to add? Yes. I am a chosen people, a royal priesthood. I am a son of the most high God. That'd get me the job, I reckon. But what a, what a credential to have, not because of me, but all because of him, amen? You almost feel like you're with me this morning. I feel like I, I, feel like I should tell you a joke. That wasn't one. <laughs> Now, I won't tell you a joke because uh, it'll detract. But you see, the truth is this morning that we have this opportunity now to come before a holy God. And Peter has said to us, well, now, because of the new covenant, because of the new promise, because of, of the new promise together, we are now huh, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. And if we go back now to, uh, to Numbers... Well, we'll know there that, as we just discovered, that we maybe thought, well, yeah, this prayer is perhaps just for the priests because they're a bit closer to God than we are and, and they're all holy and that. And there's that and that again. But now we've just discovered, because of the new covenant, because of the promise through Jesus Christ and his blood shed on the cross, that now, as I've put my faith and my trust in him, that I am part of this royal priesthood, that we are part of this royal priesthood. Now I can look at this and think, well, maybe it might be on about me. It might even be on about you. Verse 3 sort of um, gives us an insight. He says, uh, because I could look at this and think, well, it seems a bit much for me. As a human being, uh, you know, to ask God to bless me because, well, exactly, it seems a lot. But in verse 3, he says this, may, may the peoples praise you. And then in verse 7, God will bless us and all the ends of the earth. He will bless us and all the ends of the earth, sorry, will fear him. So in those two verses, we get just a, a brief insight that perhaps, even though I look at that and I think, well, maybe it's for the priest, but now Peter's told me that I'm a priest and part of this royal priesthood. Now I'm a son of the Most High God. And now I can start to think, well, maybe it's about me. Maybe this whole psalm could be something to do with my life and the way that I'm about to live for God. And now as I look at it, I think, well, I always thought, and this, I'm just airing this, that when you ask God to bless you, it's because you want a bigger car. No? Or maybe a bigger house. Or maybe a different postcode. I've been after a DE postcode. My wife says no because she's a Yorkshire girl. She says we are not living in Derbyshire. Ooh. 
I'd be, be a bit far to church, to be fair, wouldn't it? But you see, when, when I, I guess the world looks at that, and, and if we're honest, some parts of the church look at it, you, you get this perception then that when we're asking God to bless us, we want everything to be perfect. Because I'm down with the kids, everything to be mint. You see that? I heard Jack say it once. <laughs> but you, you can sort of gauge the picture then. You think, well, if, if that's what the world thinks, these verses then that we've just seen in verse 3 and verse 7, and we take the whole psalm as a complete, you can start to think, well, actually, maybe there's a bit of a skewed idea on what this is about. And as you read these, you can see that God has something in mind for his children. And often, as I've said, when the church hears it, or even the world hears it, it's like we want the blessing. Um, that we could have more of this or more of that, or we could have this to be better. I want this to go right. I need this to happen. Anybody else's prayer life like that? No? Okay, good. But you see, that is, I guess, really wrong. I mean, definitely, absolutely, completely, and utterly wrong. It doesn't work with Scripture. It doesn't work with the God that we worship. It doesn't work with anything that we see here in the work of God, in the complete canon of Scripture. We're to read this and understand this as God bless us. God bless me. Sounds brave, I know. Bless me so that I might be a blessing to others. Bless us as a church so that we might be a blessing to those around about us. Lord, bless us with more faith, more courage, more patience. Be careful, to, I, I warn you, okay? Be careful praying for patience, because the Lord will send you me. And I will test your patience. Be careful what you pray for. But Lord, more faith, more courage. Lord, more resources to spread your word. More resources so that we can reach people for Christ. How can we be sure that that's right and not the first instance of, Lord, just bless me because? Well, you see, as we read through what we've seen there, it's really plain and clear that in those verses, the end result is people, more people praising, more people knowing, more people loving, more people fearing God. And the centre of everything that is based around that psalm, and Lord bless me, bless us, is about making more about him. Amen? Not more about me, not more about us. Oh, aren't Hope Church wonderful? What a great set of people. No, don't look at us, look to God. Because I will let you down. Now, that's terrible, isn't it? But that's the truth. But God never will. And he might not meet all your expectations, but he is faithful, and what he says is the truth, and he will never fail. Amen? The Bible tells us he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows the ins and outs of you, every hair on your head. A lot easier for some people, very difficult for others. You're almost there. You're like 70% this morning. I was hoping for a good 95 96%. I know we're a little bit down on numbers, but that means you've got to be more vocal. It's because somebody weird spoke last week. Oh, no, hang on. <laughs> but the beginning and the end result of all that we do and all that we are is God. That's the beginning and that is the end. 
This is who we were called to be, a blessing to others, to share the gospel, to love and to serve the world around us. You know, Jesus didn't um, just say, well, do what you want now, I'm going to send you the Spirit and that'll be it. No, he said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. He says, I'll be with you forever, to the very end of the age. I am here, I am with you. But how do we, I mean, I, I, like, a, I like a good picture. It helps me. They say that uh, there's, there's, three, there's three different types, or four different, three different types of learners. I was the kinesthetic learner. <clears throat> right, nobody? It means that I, I learn by seeing and doing and touching and feeling, and that helps me to understand. If I want to know how that works, I can assure you I will take it to pieces. I know. I once did it as a kid, took a TV to pieces, plugged it back in, blew the entire street along with a fuse that was as thick as my finger. Yeah. I didn't kill myself. That was quite good. <laughs> but as we look at this image, which is on the screen now, look at that. This is a place that some of you uh, may have been. Uh, shalt not cover that neighbor's trips. I believe that's in there. But if you look up here, this is the Sea of Galilee. See it just there? And only a few miles away, not a, not a great amount of distance, we have this sea here which is so named the Dead Sea. Bit disappointing. If you were going to pick a name for yourself, that wouldn't be it, no? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> There's only so much I can do before I realise that we, you're here. All right, that's it. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. But you see, you, you've heard about the guy Jesus. We mentioned him this morning. He, he, was, he was born somewhere around here in Bethlehem. There it is. And he was, he was raised up here in Nazareth, okay? And you see how close Nazareth is to the Sea of Galilee? That's interesting, isn't it? Okay, well, it'll get interesting in a minute. You see, now the Sea of Galilee is, I'm told, stunning. Very beautiful. Look at Mike. No, I knew you'd be like this this morning. We'll chat later. Mike's like, yeah, I've been. <clears throat> it's not bad, you know? Whatever. Anyway, but I've heard it's absolutely beautiful. And it's fed by all the, the hills and the mountains around it. And all the water pours into it. And it's fed by the Jordan. And it's absolutely incredible. It's used to fertilize all the land around it. All the minerals that have settled in the bottom are perfect for, for passing on to all the land around it, for the crops, for everything to grow and everything to be lush and wonderful. <sighs> there are so many things that happened um, around the Sea of Galilee. And you only have to skip through the New Testament for just a few, uh, a few brief moments, go through Matthew or Luke, and you get to see the descriptions of things that happened in and around the Sea of Galilee. Truth is, it's fed by fresh water, and then there's an outlet of fresh water too. So water comes in and water comes out. Water comes in and water comes out. So blessing comes in and blessing comes out. And you see, right around this wonderful sea, Bethsaida, we know that there's a pool at Bethsaida where the, the people were healed as Jesus was there. Then we know about Capernaum, and we know about the guy there who was uh, unable to walk, and he was, he was lowered through the roof. And there, uh, the Lord received, uh, forgave his sins and then enabled him to walk. And we know that also 5,000 people were fed just on the banks of this wonderful sea. Life. Life being given at every single angle. And then we have a look at this one down here. This one. 
I've got nothing. You were hoping for some good stuff, weren't you? You see, the truth is that the Dead Sea is dead. Why do they call it dead? Well, it's so low, it's even below sea level, which means it's completely dead. It means that there is so much salt in that water that it is impossible, apart from bacteria, for life to grow. There are no fish. You cannot spray it on your crops and hope for something good. It is dead, completely and utterly dead. It's very sad, isn't it? And you see, because it's so low, what happens is water does come into it from the hills and water does come into it um, from the Jordan itself. But that's it. That is it. Nothing goes out. Once you get in, you're done. Water goes in. Water goes in. So blessing goes in. And nothing ever comes out. And what an incredible picture that is. Because, you know, as Christians, we have received blessing beyond measure. As people, we have received a blessing beyond measure. Remember, the Bible has said that we're all sinners. And the Bible then says that if we aren't a friend of God, we are an enemy of his. So if we're enemies of his, we're on our way to a Christless eternity. And remember, I said you can't help yourself. It's impossible. That's where we were heading. That's where we were going. But God has made a way where there was no way, remember? Jesus. So now I've got a way because I'm a blessed person, because we are blessed people, that God said, you're not on your own. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to make a way where there isn't a way. I'm going to send Jesus. So now I have this opportunity to go from death to life, blessed beyond measure. And as I accept Christ as my saviour, he blesses me. And I, I live a life, I have air in my lungs. I have a house, I have a wife, I have children. But I have food on the table, so many different things. We have relationships with each other. We have friendship. We have so much. The air that we breathe, the trees that we see, the weather that we experience, the opportunity that we've got to even go, dare I say it, to McDonald's, I know. To get on an aeroplane and to go abroad. To maybe do things that you've never done before. You can just go out and experience a canal or a river. Just breathe. We're blessed beyond measure. And you see, the blessing has come in. But if there's no outlet, it grows stagnant and salty and dead. And I guess our challenge is this morning, as the summer break has arrived, is what are we going to do with all this blessing that we've received? The psalmist is saying, love and blessing in, love and blessing out. Love and blessing in, love and blessing out. We're to receive blessing And it's to overflow from us and bless others. 
whether that be that smile, that God-given smile that you've got. Maybe it be that shoulder to cry on because you're just a great listener. Maybe it be that word in season for somebody where you just know what they need. I've got to share this with you. Maybe it's that opportunity as you've looked and studied the Word of God that you can share that verse with somebody, not just because you've seen it on a mug, but because you know what it means and you want to share it with them and you want to tell them what it means and you want to help. That blessing comes into us and blessing flows out of us. Love comes in and love flows out. That we would give of our time to people, that we would care enough to love people. And this is what the psalmist is challenging us with. Not bless me so that I might have a bigger house or a faster car or that I might have no worries whatsoever. I might never have any illness. I might not grow old. Anybody else prayed for that one? <laughs> that everything would just be perfect forever and a day. But no, that blessing would come in so that I might be a blessing to others. And when life does throw those things at us that we seem completely unprepared to deal with, we can look at them with hope, knowing that our salvation and our hope is steadfast and sure, that whatever life throws at us, that one day we'll see our Saviour face to face. We want to bless others, not to be a dead end that saps life, but a flow-through that gives life. Amen? So the summer break has arrived. The diary is out the window. All of these things that we have been doing over the past however many months have now come to a halt just until summer um, is over, which believe me won't be long. But we have an opportunity not to become this salty, dead, nasty, horrible pool of water, but to allow the blessing to flow in and to flow out. Whether that be time spent with a neighbor because you used to be here on a Tuesday, but now you can sit and have a coffee with somebody just up the road. Wednesday evening, well, I'm not just going to take that for myself and get my fence painted, but maybe I'll go and see Bert down the road who were desperate for his grass cutting three months ago and it's like there's, there's lions and tigers and bears in there. Maybe it's an opportunity to just have a bit of time with those people around about you who have just been desperate for a bit of attention just desperate to be known that they're cared about and that you're interested. We have an opportunity now to just do something outside of perhaps these four walls. And I'm not saying that we don't already do this, but we have an opportunity as we ask the Lord for blessing that we might richly bless those around about us. Amen? So with that said, let's pray and then we'll worship together and then we'll have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee and a biscuit or seven. But let's be thankful this morning that we are a blessed people and we have an opportunity to share that with those around about us. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this morning that we, as we've put our faith and our trust in you, are saved, redeemed and set free. And Father, you've seen fit to bless us beyond measure. And I just pray, Lord God, that you might help us as we have seen the Sea of Galilee to be a place where life comes in and life flows out. May you help us to lift your name high. May you help us to make you the center of everything that we do. Father, may we hold nothing back as we talked about over the past few weeks to live life open-handed, 
knowing that you have given us everything. And Father, you might just help us to love all of those around about us, whatever needs they might have. Father, we just praise you that you're a God who loves us and cares for us. And I pray that you would just help us to, uh, to live out this life for you. Keep us safe, Father, over these coming weeks. And we just pray, Lord God, that you might bless us as we return back to each other um, over the coming Sundays. Father, all of these things we ask in and through our Saviour's precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.